praise the Lord. I knew eventually it would come as far as um, an introduction like that, and I'm, I'm glad for it. I'm glad to be around here and someone to be able to say I can look to him as a mentor, you know, that he's older and he's been further down the road and all of those things. I, um, I really appreciate it. I appreciate Jesus. Amen. Are you ready for a miracle? Are you? You know, the ones that receive a miracle are the ones that cry out. The ones that don't give up on prayer. The ones that don't give up on God. Are you ready for a miracle? I want you to, um, I don't have one particular scripture that I'm going to minister to you from. If I titled this message, I guess that I could put a title to it to stand up. Stand up. I minister to and am and I am also ministered by individuals uh, that have become extremely extremely tired of being pushed around, S seeing things taken from them time and time and time again. They keep holding out in prayer for their family, for their kids for a job, for something in their life. They keep holding out for it, and it seems as though there's a brass cover over them and their prayers are not reaching heaven or something's going wrong and something's taking place. And I simply want to encourage you, stand up. He hears us. Stand up. There are many examples in the Bible, and that's more or less what I want to do this, um, this morning is touch on a few examples of uh, men and women standing up, and then I want to minister to you for just a few moments on what it takes, what changes might you and I incur in our lives to be more like these men and women, because I can assure you, everybody that I read about in the Word of God, every subject that I study through Every individual that I study through, I see character defects and flaws all over them. I just do, and I'm not trying to discredit them. I'm not throwing them under the bus. It's sometimes as though we hold them up as though they're not human any longer, as though they didn't commit murder in order to get with his wife as though they didn't fall off the bus or the train or the uh, wagon or whatever near the end of their ministry, seemingly making a fool out of themselves, as though some of their names weren't Samson or David or these men that were great men of God and, and we preach messages about them and using a donkey's bone and, uh, you know, and whatever... To slay the enemy? 
to destroy the foe. And we read about them and we think, oh, how great and wonderful, but I could never be like that. Well, I hope not. I hope that you wouldn't take my life and send me out the battle just to get to my wife. <laughs> my wife said, me too. Bless her heart. When, you know, when she knows I'm gonna, I've been invited to preach or something, she gets so excited and she just wants me to do good and she just wants you to respond. And so you got to have, you know, you got to make a promise this morning, no matter how this turns out, you just got to run to the altar and fall down and, you know, flop around and wail and, and gnash your teeth and, and all of those things. Whether you feel God or not, just do it for Miss Connie. Amen? Amen. And that's, that's just how a wife loves a husband. We can be something. Aren't you sick and tired of our past holding us back? Listen, folks, when, when we talk about past, Israel, the children of Israel, has a past. Constantly they're doubting. Constantly they're complaining. Constantly they're questioning. Constantly it's something going on. Constantly they're fighting to look good before God as though they're going to trick him and fool him. And God says, you know, I hear your voice, but your heart's far from me. And he challenges them and he says, if you will do this, this, and this, then I'll bring you in. But if you don't, destruction is at the door. And they're constantly playing this game. And you and I are constantly seemingly playing some kind of game as though we're fooling God or, or we're fooling ourselves by throwing up and saying, I can't do that because look at my past. Look at what I've done. Look at how I failed. Constantly. Shema. You don't have to turn to it. It's just one that I'm going to point out. In 2 Samuel, about the 23rd chapter, was an ordinary man. Nothing special about him. It's just that he's called out because God called him out. He's called out because he got sick and tired, fed up with it. He got sick and tired of seeing his prayers and his work laid to waste, stolen from him, taken away from him. Anybody in the house, just you get in a place, you're just sick and tired. You're sick and tired of struggling. You're sick and tired of seeing the same thing. You're sick and tired of knowing the same thing, all of those things, and you need a change. You want something to change. And I say to you, it's as simple as determining within yourself, I'm going to stand up. It requires you and I to work through some things, whether it's resentments toward other people or places or things or, or our feelings, feelings of disappointment, maybe even to God, our feelings of disappointment. Why didn't you? How could you? Where were you? As though that's going to make a difference. It never has for me. I've accused him and argued with him and, and, and complained and slung accusations at him and it never made a difference with me. He was still going to bring me to the end of myself. 
in the end of myself was in a place that I had no other place to turn, no other place to go to. I had to turn to him. You know, the, uh, some of the ladies at the Hope House, most of the ladies, maybe all of the ladies at the Hope House is in such a place in their lives. God's cutting them off, cutting them off, closing doors, exposing things, pulling back curtains and all of these things. And they're wondering and they're complaining and they're, they're trying to find fault and blame this one or blame the other one or this or that or the other thing or rationalize and justify and excuse. <sighs> you give out of breath sometimes, Amen. Well, do whatever you want to do for a minute. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> I was driving down to work yesterday, and I got up in the morning. I've been working on a just an emergency in uh, L.J. at the old place where we used to stay. And I was driving in the truck and pulling a trailer behind me and some equipment. And this is the third day in a row, and. I'm driving down there, and folks, I'm feeling really rough. And I'm sick to my stomach, and I'm having a little bit of a hard time breathing and that sort of thing, and I'm thinking, oh, dear God. I, I'm dreading the drive, let alone the work. And I thought to myself, what can I do? What can I do? And I decide I'm going to turn the radio on and listen to music and I'd hit the scan button, and I'm scanning, looking, you know, I'm going from one spot to the other, so you lose one station after the other, and I finally found one, and on it is a song about overcoming. And I thought, yeah. And it had a little bit of a, little bit of a beat to it, you know, and... I was starting to feel it. It's kind of like Chris up here in the guitar. Praise God, and he's, he's in it. And he doesn't know if any of y'all are in it, but he's in it. And it's his way of ministering and talking to God through strings and instruments. And I'm standing over there this morning, and he may not know it, but it's ministering to me. And I'm thinking to myself, no wonder David... No wonder Saul insisted, just play, just play, just play, stir up the spirit, just play. And you know something? I got ministered to. I don't even know her name. I know the song was about overcoming, and then there was another song after that and whatever, and I, I started to feed my spirit something other than the thoughts of how tired I am. How unfair this is. Where is the help coming from? Where is all of those that say, you know, I'll help you, I'll be there, and that sort of thing. Where is it? Where is it? Where? I got tired of just complaining about complaining. And I wanted to do something. I wanted to change. So I turned something on, and it was as simple as that. And guess what? By 8 o'clock last night, I arrived at my house from working another day. Weed eating, cutting grass, cutting this, doing that, carrying this, whatever. Another day. Ladies of the Hope House, 
Look over here at these folks. They're just like you. They struggle just like you. They come to the end of themselves just like you. As worship was going on, and, and I love worship, and I love worshiping God, but I also love getting inspiration from other people as they worship, and it inspires me. And I was looking at some of you and, and your worship. In spite of everything that I know that might be going on in your life, you're pressing through, you're pressing in, and that's what Shammah did. He was pressing through. He was going to press in no matter what. He was sick and tired of seeing things taken from him. And the Word of God says that it's amazing what you and I come to the end of ourselves with. You know, we can, it's just amazing to watch people come to the end and they get angry and upset and are ready to stand and defend for some of the silliest things in the world when they've lost so much. But that's the way it is. That's how God brings us to the end of ourselves. He'll take away this, this big thing, and he'll take away that. And he'll ask us to do this, and he'll ask us to do that, and he'll ask us to do the other. And then when we're at the end of ourselves, when we don't feel like there's any other way, when there's no way of escape, so to speak, when we're just simply going to have to turn to him, it is wonderful and amazing to be called of God, to have your name called out, to have you called out, and God say, I want you. I want to minister to you. I want to make a difference in your life. I want to make a difference in your life so that you might make a difference in someone else's life. And here is Shammah, and he's all upset. And, and, you know, he's drawing a sword, and he's ready to fight. Over what? What could it be? Is it his kids? Have they kidnapped and stolen his kids? Is it his house? Is it his bank account? No, they've already lost a lot of that. They've already seen those things happen like you and I. It's over. A pea patch. That's what it's over. And there was a parcel of land, the Bible says. And in it was growing lentils. Peas. And his tormentor, the tormentor of Israel, which at that time was the Philistines, and it says a troop was coming in. And we understand the troop can be 10 to 20, maybe more. We're not exactly sure, but we understand that it's at least 10 and count up from there. And they're coming in and they're coming in to steal, to take away everything that they've harvested, everything that they've worked for. Anybody ever poured into your kids and you're sick and tired of seeing certain things happen to them and... Uh, we can say, oh, it's mostly their fault. Yeah, I know it is, but look at the direction they're heading in. Aren't you sick and tired? Don't you think that we can grab hold of the altar of God and make a difference? Somebody did in my life. You've heard my story. One, I'm just one of seven kids. The other six are either dead from using or, or, or all of these things. You've heard my story. And it's because somebody cried out. It's because somebody grabbed the altar and stood 
for me. Well, here he is, and here they come. And the Bible says that all the people ran. Evidently, they weren't brought to the end of themselves. Evidently, they weren't ready, but Shammah was ready. He was fed up. He was done. He was tired of things being taken from him. So he stands up. Is there anybody in the building willing? If you're in a place, you just, want, you just want to stand up. You're tired of losing and losses. And I'm not talking just about material things. They can be replaced. And I don't want you to see this as, as an example or, or whatever's going on in your mind. Is it, I'm talking about advancing, moving forward spiritually. I'm talking about being tired of things never seemingly changing. The Philistines are going to come in again. You see them. You know them. You know what's happening, and they're coming in again, and they're going to take away whatever's precious to you, whatever you've worked and toiled over and prayed for and all of these things, and, and you're expecting a different results, and it seems as though the same thing is going to happen again. And Shammah says, enough, I'm tired of it. I don't care if there's 10. I don't care if there's 20. I don't care the amount of the size. I'm tired of it. And you will kill me today. You will lay me to waste. But I'm going to stand here in the middle of my pea patch. And I'm going to fight. And the Bible says that the Lord caused a great victory that day. I want to encourage you, don't give up. I want you to fight. The end is not yet. I want you to fight. I know that you've fought and that you've fought and that you've, you've been beaten and you've been bruised and all of these things, but I want to encourage you, stand up one more time. You say, but oh, Pastor David, I am at the end of myself. I, I'm just done. I'm spent. I'm out all of these things, then good. That's exactly where you and I need to be. We need to be spent. We need to be out. We need to be discouraged. We need to look at all the things that we tried that didn't work and be discouraged. We need to give up on you and I trying to fix it, fix them, fix whatever it is, and know that God's the only one that can do it. The Lord caused a great victory that day from a man that was fed up. You know the story of David and Goliath. It's also in Samuel, 1 Samuel. Very quickly, tried to prepare him, tried to fit armor on him, tried to get him ready. He's just a lad. He's just a scrawny little guy. And why are you sending him out there? Because everybody else is running. Everybody else is afraid. Everybody else is giving up. Have you ever held out for something and really been praying for something or, or someone? And it seems as though everybody that started out with you suddenly, piece by piece, they're falling away. And you find yourself as though, it's just me. It's just me. And you think, how unfair. What's going on? What's happening? 
It's just me. Shammah felt the same way. David feels the same way. It's God's way of ministering. It's God's way of flowing. It's God's way of working. You do your best work. I've seen it. You do your best work when it's just you and God. I tell you, I preach my best sermons in my truck when it's just me and God. I, I do. Praise the Lord. I get excited. I, you know, I, I, I feel convicted. Sometimes I would just want to pull over off the expressway or wherever I'm driving and just get outside and kneel and pray and repent because my message is just tore me up. Thank you, brother. I've received that blessing. Bless him, Lord. I do my best work when it's just me and God. When I forget about other people, you do your best work. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated that others have turned away or, or they don't understand or, or they're trying to convince you of something that you know God spoke in your spirit. And no matter how silly, how insane that it might sound, you know what God spoke to you and you're going to follow through on it and you're going to stand on it. If God promised you he's going to save you and your household, then what are you worried about? What are you and I concerned about? You know, I, I, I really appreciate my family. My daughter's here. You know, I got another daughter. And I got two sons. And they aren't here to hear me. Not that it's whatever. But sometimes I get worried about them. I get concerned about my children. I get concerned about the one that's here. I get concerned about my kids and I start calling their names out. And some of their actions and behaviors start concern, uh, concerning me. And, I, and I, it's so easy for you and I to get discouraged because we see the same behaviors. We see the same action time and time again. And we keep praying. But you know something? I will not give up. God made a promise to me. I will save you and your household. I will watch over your kids. It doesn't look like it. doesn't smell like it. Doesn't taste like it. Nothing about it would, you know, there are some days that if you came to me, Chris, and said, Pastor, how are the kids? Oh, they're going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> all of my prayer and all of the things that they're just, the end is coming, the sky is falling. <laughs> but you know something? Today, can I just live in today? Today, God promised me that he's going to make a difference in my life. The spirit of Shammah is moving over me. The spirit of David, when they sent him out, and they said, what, oh, what mighty weapons are you going to take? Come on. Are you trained in this? Are you trained in that? And all of these things. And you ever just looked at some people and their gifting and all of that and just in awe? That, you know, when I see the, the guitar players up here and, I just think, man, I, I want to play a guitar. <laughs> I do. 
Somebody said, oh, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Well, maybe that's true, but I still want to play a guitar. I don't even know where that came from. And it feels like you want to give up. And David's out here. What do you, I know where it came from, training, learning something new, training, being good at something. What are you good at, David? What are you taking out there? Is it an AK, whatever? Is it a Beretta, whatever? A Remington, whatever? What are you taking, David? He's a big old guy. Everybody else is cowered down in their chicken and they're not going to go. What are you taking? And David said, I am tired of what, who we are and what we are being ridiculed and stepped on. I know what we are. I know we failed God. I know we have struggled. I know all of these things. When push comes to shove at the, at the women of hope and when they absolutely make a fool out of themselves, and I hear it from all kind of directions. <laughs> and I can't help it. Something starts rising up within me. It doesn't matter if it's one or if it's all of them or whatever it is. Something starts rising up within me when that ridicule comes and, you know, all of the negative. I know, and all of it's true. It is. But that doesn't matter because I don't see what they are. I see who they are in Jesus. I know who they can be. And David said, well, fellas, I've got this sling. And I'm going to give me five rocks, five stones. And we're going to go slay us a giant. Why? Because I've come to the end of myself. I'm through with it. I'm done. I'm not trained in a sword. The armor doesn't fit. But I know God. And if I die out here on this field, I will die defending him. When I breathe my last breath, I want it to be over my children. I want it to be over this church. I want it to be over the family of God praying for them. I don't want it to be cowered down and begging for another minute or another day, or any of those things. When my time comes, I want to go out praying for you. I want to go out praying for my kids. I want to go out making a difference. I want to make a stand for God. And make a difference. Don't give up. Don't, don't look at size. And the size of the object, the size of, of your problem, the size of what's going on, and give up. There's sometimes I get a little perturbed, a little bit just tired of trying to encourage people. You know, when I was way back when, way back, I can hardly remember when I was first getting into the ministry and I was praying and saying, God, what would you have of me? What can I have? What giftings? And, you know, we were going through this period of uh, revival and stirring up and that sort of thing. And we were being ministered to on the gifts of the Spirit and what our giftings might be or, you know, uh, ask for giftings and that sort of thing. And out of all the giftings that were available to me, 
available to you. Certainly we're born and certain gifts are already put into us. But I believe that as we need things, we can ask and receive them. So I'm, 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 I don't know, 19, 20, something. I don't even know how old I was. And I could have asked for healing. I mean, I was in a place in my life at that time. Folks, and I really, I don't, I can't really explain it or understand it, but I knew I could ask for anything at that time and receive that gift. The gift of miracles. I asked God to make me a peacemaker. I asked him to make me an encourager, to strengthen the body. And now the rest of my life is being spent trying to make peace, trying to get people to see something a different way. Can't you see it a different way? Don't you understand it a different way? I know you feel like you're at the end of yourself. I know you feel like that everything's caved in and everything's happening and all of these things. And you're looking at this giant and you're thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It's too big. Pastor David, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I was going to use an example, but I will refrain from. Needless to say, David took a stand. We look at Daniel. We look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We look at the, and up to this point, I've only mentioned to you men. Guess what? There's some real powerful, mighty women of God in the, in, in, uh, what have you called this? The Bible. How many Hallelujah. Esther. Ruth. Naomi. Mary. Martha. Not just the, you know, the mother. But Mary, the one that washed his feet. Gave all that she had. Poured herself out. God wants you to pour yourself out. He wants you to know this morning that he is God. There's no way that I'm going to be able to finish this message in about six or seven minutes. But I promised myself I'm going to let these folks out at 12 or close to it. Unless the Holy Spirit is moving and I just cannot stop. Well, I... Right now, at this moment, I can stop. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 talks about putting on the whole armor of God. But in that passage of Scripture, it says to us, when you have done all that you can to stand, what does it say? Give up? Throw in the towel? It says, stand, stand firm on his promises. It may, you know, and, and, and we're talking about Paul, and we're talking about all of the, the men and the women of, of um, the Old Testament 
and he's drawing strength and examples from them, and he's drawing strength and examples from the church, and he's ending, it's coming to the end of his ministry, that sort of thing. And Paul said, when you've done all that you can, put on the whole armor of God, get ready, and just stand. When you've done everything that you can do, just stand. You know something? Paul knew frustration. Here is a man that he was totally and completely convinced that he was supposed to go to Asia as a missionary to minister. And every time he tried, a door was closed, a door was closed, a door was closed. And in his spirit, he was convinced this is where I'm supposed to go. Well, every door that was closed led him to Europe, to Rome. And God did mighty, wonderful works in Rome, and he turned Rome upside down with the gospel. And then Paul traveled to Asia. You may be frustrated with how it's going. You may know in your spirit that this is how it's supposed to be. My kids are supposed to be overcomers. My job's supposed to be this. I was promised that. I was promised the other thing, and none of it's coming true. None of it's coming to pass. One door is closed right after the other. I know what people look like when they're discouraged. First of all, all I have to do is look in the mirror at times. Secondly, all I got to do is drop by the Hope House and spend enough time there, and somebody's going to walk in discouraged. Pastor, I got eight applications out there, and nobody's hiring me, and it's my past. I got eight applications and 12 felonies. And nobody's hiring. Every door is closing. I have never in 17 years, I don't care their record. I don't care the amount of felonies. I don't care what's going on. I've never had a woman go through the Hope House and the ministry, the, t- the length of time, whatever it is, and not have a job. When does it come? When, when you reach the end of yourself and God opens the door. When you find and you say, there is no way of escape. I can't get out of my past. It is my past. What can I do? You can wait on God because where there is no escape, God makes a way of escape. And that's a good place for you to clap for the Lord while I try to breathe. He makes a way of escape. He does for you and I what we can't do for ourselves. When you've done all to stand, just stand. Because I can't finish this, um, I'm just going to, Fast forward, okay? I'm going to put it in hyperdrive or what does Spock and them call that? Uh, Warp drive, that's it. Give me warp speed, Scotty. We're fixing to get it, praise God. It's about a relationship with God, about changes that happen in you. Check your relationship with God. Know that you are who he says you are, believe what he says about you and those critical times in your life when your faith is being challenged, you will come out on top. I want you to check your hope meter. 
All you men and women of hope, guess what? It's impossible for me, and I hope it is for you to have faith without hope. I have to have some hope. Some hope that something's going to happen. Some hope that changes are going to take place. Give me some hope. As a husband, you ever walked into your wife and, and she was completely and totally hopeless? And you didn't know what to do? You know, and I, you, know, you, you open the door and you just know immediately she's completely and totally hopeless. And uh, you want to say, oh, excuse me, I meant to go to the bathroom, sorry. Oh, you got one in there, but yeah, but I'd rather use this one in here. Because you've tried everything, you've done everything. Hopeless people have a very difficult time living day by day. We've got to find something to have some hope in. And you know how we get hopeless? Our hope is directed and put in people, places, and things. We hope for a house. We hope for a better job. We hope for a car. We hope for a wife. Most of my life, uh, not most of my life, Lord have mercy, I will get slapped and beat when I get home. Part of my life, I was hoping for a wife that had a good job, had a car, and had a house. That way I didn't have to hope for any of the other stuff. It just came with her. That's progressive hope. That's real hope. That's getting there in warp speed. Hope for a house. Hope for a job. No, let's hope for a woman that's got a job, got a car, and got a house. Let's just go for it. Well, that's what I found in God. When I put my hope in people, places, and things... I, every time, every time you and I are disappointed, and let me say to you, it's not going to change. People love you, and they tell you they love you, and I know they love us, but they will disappoint us. They will discourage us. They won't listen to us. The best that you and I can do is stop beating our heads against the wall can't you see the blood? Stop beating your head against the wall and grab them and beat theirs a little bit or something. I don't know. Do something different. Feed yourself. And I'm not talking about physically. We, most of us don't have a problem with that. Feed yourself. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking, if you want something positive coming out, put something positive in. When I was scanning the radio and, you know, listening to uh, uh, I Got Drunk, I gnawed my arm off because I woke up with her. You know, I'll never do this again, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Where am I? Who am I? What? I, scanning it, going through it, and that's just the part I can understand. Guess what? Three quarters of it, I couldn't even understand what they were saying. I promise you, as I get older, I thought I could hear good, but it's just not making it to my brain. Something scrabbles it, and, and I listen to music, and I think, what did they say? And I finally, I've just given up, man, it's got a good beat. I don't care what they're saying. I, it's just 
Wow, hallelujah. I don't know what I'm dancing to or shaking to or nodding my head to. I've given up that. Not just recently, I've given up that. If I want something positive, if I want to stay in a positive realm, if I want to think positive thoughts, I feed positive things in me. So when I listen to music, guess what? I listen to uplifting music. 90% of it's Christian music. Not all of it. There's some pretty uplifting songs out there that doesn't have anything to do with this relationship as much as it has to do with this relationship. And I need that sometimes. What are you feeding yourself? Three thoughts in closing. Yeah. You want to change? You want to be like David? You want to be like Daniel? You want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You want to be like Esther? You can. They were just women, human beings, men, human beings. Flesh and blood failed, stumbled. Just, just do a, a search. You don't even have to grab your Bible. Lord, have mercy. Just do a search on them through all of these instruments that you have and understand just what, how big a part humanity had to play in their growing up, in their worshiping God, in their following God, you will be surprised at the failures. God specializes in ministering to and rescuing and hearing broken people. Three things. One, do something. Take action. I have all of this that I want to, but I, I can't even get to it. Just take action. Do something. All right? Please, just do something. You know, the, the church board got together, and, uh, and, the, and they're sitting there, and uh, you and I put things off, and we put things off, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And tomorrow I'm going to fix this, and tomorrow I'm going to do that, and we keep putting it off and putting it off. And anybody in the house with me, does anybody identify with that that you? Well, the, uh, it's called procrastination. And the church board gets together, and the yearly meeting, and they're getting together, and they're, uh, they're going to open their discussions, and they're discussing things. And this one deacon speaks up, and he says, I believe that uh, the problem with the church right now is communication. Communicating, and I'm trying to think of the other. <laughs> oh, my heavenly father. Hold on, all right? Do you mind? Because it's important. I want you to get this. I got to find my note. Communication and, dummy, procrastination. I know, I promise you, if y'all would make it a little cooler up here for preachers, I might could think a little bit better, but I am sweating bullets, and it has nothing to do with being nervous. I've already made a fool out of myself about 30 minutes ago. 
So I'm really over that. So it's communication and procrastination. And one of the other deacons says, I hear you, brother, and I vote that we table that and vote on it next year. That's you and I. That's what's going on in our lives. It's right in front of us. Do something. You say, but pastor, I have and I've made mistakes. I don't care. Do something. Most all inventions, great things that have, have come our way, you don't hear about the mistake after the mistake after the mistake after the mistake. We act as though they're going to lock us up and imprison us for making mistakes, for making bad decisions. All of these, th I am just a human being. I make mistakes, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do something. And I sit with people and I counsel with them and, and I get frustrated and I just want to say, just do something. And I do say, just do something. Well, I don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed with fear. <laughs> do something. Do something. And I'm trying to think of the second one. <laughs> Let me get to my notes. Oh, my heavenly Father. Do something today. Right now. Don't put it off. has to do with procrastination. Lord Jesus. No Rhonda. No, no Rhonda. No wonder. <laughs> Pastor Rhonda doesn't ask me to preach, but every six months. <laughs> Bless her heart. Hallelujah. Or Pastor Hank or whoever the message is coming through. Do something. Do something today. Don't put it off. Expect a miracle. Oil Roberts, it wasn't just a slogan of, a slogan of his. It was his ministry. It was his gifting. Expect a miracle. Expect a miracle. Expect change. Third, and in closing, do something every day. You want to know how David, Shama, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, folks, <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me how that we have convinced ourselves that uh, you know, the world's in a mess. Is that a, can I get a hand, a clap or something on that agreement? Amen. The world's in a mess. And we see people dying every day for senseless acts of violence and faith being challenged. And you and I are thinking that uh, Shammah jumped out in the middle of the field because on the spur of the moment he said, I think I'll do this. David jumps out in front of the Goliath in the spur of the moment because I think I'll do this today. No, there was a building process. Do something. Do something now and today and do something every day. These are men and women of God that had training, that had a foundation that was laid. These are men and women that were doing something every day. I spoke with a couple of the youth that uh, went on the the youth thing that the church provided here. And uh, what prompted the conversation was one of them said, I wish I was back at camp. I miss camp. 
I said, how are you doing? And um, that person said, I'm really struggling. You know why? Because they're not doing something every day. Make a commitment. If you're going to pray, pray every day. If you're going to have a devotion, have a devotion every day. If devoting yourself to that day changes your life and changes your circumstances and people around you, then do it every day. Do something. Do something today and do something every day. And I might say, you want the right results. You do the right things. You say, oh, pastor, I promise you I'm going to close. If I don't close after this, y'all have my permission to just get up and leave. Pastor, I am doing something. I'm sneaking around every day. I'm telling a fib every day. I'm lying every day. I'm this every day. I'm that every day. And trouble's starting to follow you. Trouble's starting to build up, and you're wondering why. You say, oh, well, it's not that drastic, okay? So you're not praying every day? You're not really seeking after him every day? You're, you're, you're constantly trying to run on a half a tank or empty or that sort of thing? You're not full every day? And trouble is starting to catch up. Do something every day. It's not a spur of the moment. It's not, oh, my Lord, I can fight Goliath. My prayer for all of us this morning is that sin and this sinful nature and this sinful world and the things that are happening and going on would make us so sick that it would stir up our righteous indignation and we would be willing to stand and fight. Stand. Stand for Jesus. Pastor, come here, please. Let's give